Yeah, Michael, do you fine. have headphones? I don't even want a word out of your mouth until you have headphones plugged in. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I have a few different options. How is my sound right now? Not good. I would I mean, say headphones are better. Yeah. Okay, so let me try these. You look like a DJ. Thank you. <laughs> it's nice that in. the headphones double as a headband as well. <laughs> yeah, and it's my hair is not long enough. It looks really weird no matter how I put them on. I'm Julia. <laughs> and I'm Caroline. And I'm Mike. And we are not nice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Julia Benachan. I'm also your host, Caroline Lung. And I'm also your host, Mike Lamont. <laughs> Mike Lamont, part two. Back yeah. by popular demand. Yeah, so was... my first question for you off the bat, Mike, is why don't you have a British accent? I thought that would have been one of the first <laughs> things you would have gotten. So I'm really bad at doing them. I always somehow, when I try to do a British accent, it goes either into Irish, Scottish, or like French Canadian. So every time I've okay. tried to do a, a British accent here, people are saying, is that like a French Canadian accent? Right. Okay. So do, do a British accent. Okay. So I guess we're going to go to the store today. <laughs> today I'm going to go on a podcast and I'm going to talk to my friends, Julia and Caroline. And people think that sounds French Canadian. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. Like it's pretty good. I mean, it's honestly I, not bad. You sound like you grew up in Australia and then you spent some time in South Carolina or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like sometimes I can nail it and then other times like there, I just completely botch it. Completely fucked it up. Yeah. yeah. To me, you sounded more like an extra in the musical Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very Billy Elliot vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think? So how do you guys think this one, this episode will go? Do you think it'll be better or worse than our, than the last episode that I was on this podcast for? Well, are, are you nervous right now? Why do you keep looking down? He has notes. Uh, you're I'm you're not, avoiding no, eye contact, no. it seems. No, no, I'm not nervous. I was just, just kidding. the carpet that I mangled up by setting up the pillow fortress. My beer. Mm. Well, I, I hope it goes better than last time. Okay. <laughs> Let's be honest, wasn't great. Just kidding. <laughs> people actually loved that episode so much. Thanks for the ratings. Yeah, those people, people were very nice about the last episode. I had those, people that- Those people? Your friends? Those people, yeah, those people. I had people that I hadn't talked to in like 12 years say that they listened to the podcast and that they thought it was great and that my friends are so funny. And, and how did I meet them? They're so smart. Oh my wow. God. And I was like, I have, I'm like, what do you mean? They're so smart. I mean, yeah, they're smart, but do you mean, I think they, they were trying to, they thought that you guys were out of my league in terms of friendship. <laughs> they thought you like friendship paid category, for our friendship, like a la seeking arrangements or something. Yeah, exactly. But like seeking friendships. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're half right. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah, no, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, I pro we probably shouldn't reveal, reveal sort that, of the nature of our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. We probably shouldn't get into yeah, like, it. Yeah. It's private. Yeah. It's a bit, yeah. A bit personal. 
Okay. So you've been living in London now for January, February, March, four months, five months. Yeah. Five months. Oh, wait, five months. Holy shit. I don't know. Wow. Oh my God. Well, yeah. you moved there in, in January, right? Yeah. I, I'm going to warn you. I'm more of a boring person now since I moved to London. Really? Why is that? Yeah. Do you think Londoners are like making you more boring or yeah, like, what so. is it about the environment that <laughs> Ooh, makes you like, ugh. Yeah, Londoners are more boring people, so they're making me more boring over time. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's because when you have like close friends that you've known for a long time, you riff are able to riff off each other a lot. But when you mm-hmm. are meeting people, you're not sure how to to act or like the kind of personality you need to fit into um, mm-hmm. to kind of fully express yourself. But you know, I'm getting there. I'm, sure. I'm returning to the old me. Yeah. Well, and also you moved there during a pandemic, right? So. Yeah. And by the way, London, there was no, there's no pandemic in London. So I moved here when there was like 50,000 cases a day or whatever, right in January, right when like the whole world was freaking about the UK. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting to like get off the plane and there was going to be like guys with machine guns to make sure you're like wearing a mask or whatever. Like I thought it was going to be super serious. Wow. Obviously not the machine gun part, but, (laughs) and like the first thing I remember, I remember taking the Uber from the airport to my Airbnb. And I remember on the radio, there was this guy that was like, I-, I have to, Jim, today I have to talk to you about something. I have to talk to you about vacation plans and COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so the main like news story of the day or conversation to have was like, what are we going to do about our vacation? I-, right. I mean, at the time, it just sounded so preposterous that like, mm. and then when I got-, got out of the Uber, then like you go into like convenience stores and restaurants and like no one's wearing a mask. In, in Canada, like, or in Toronto, if you're walking down the street and you pass by someone, people always kind of swerve a little bit, or at least they, like, acknowledge that, okay, like, oh, remember, social distancing, I saw a sign, you know, mm-hmm. here, no one does that. There's just, like, and I, I guess it's, and, and then there's also, sorry, I'm rambling a bit, but there's also this, this, like, cheekiness built in to the society of, like, here, it almost feels, I think it's cool within younger people to not follow the rules whereas I feel I always I felt like now back in Canada it was cool amongst young people to follow the rules and to like Mm. shame people you know still on Instagram yeah like still on Instagram I see people in Toronto like being like oh my god my neighbor is having this like party and COVID and blah 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 whereas here it's like the opposite in terms Mm. of behavior that's a pretty interesting cultural difference because i guess in in the uk um assuming that this has something to do with how people feel about the government you know bojo is pretty dumb and i just i guess people just don't really take these things as seriously or there's like more of a nihilism i guess when it comes to like how hard or emotional you feel about things is that fair to say yeah exactly there's like a there's like a frustrated rebellion to it all you know being people being frustrated about you know whatever it is in Britain I don't know is but is the government mandating mask wearing like is there direction from top down saying you guys need to respect like social distancing rules and that kind of thing uh, no I mean if you ask someone here they'd be like yeah 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 there is but there's no like fines or anything like yeah you know there's no actual enforcement of it right um but just goodwill compliance yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And it's kind of, it's interesting. I don't know. I always like the psychoanalyze, but the coolness of it, like, it's not cool to like, even what, how I'm describing this, like how I'm pointing it out. If I say this to a Londoner, then they're like, what the fuck is he all on about? You know? Whoa. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's like, if I want to fit into a group, then being even bringing this up I come across as judgmental whereas like I'm just point I'm not even being you're a Karen as it were (laughs) yeah I would be a Karen here you know whereas like I'm not really that you know no you're more of a Debbie I'd say (laughs) you're like the least Karen-y person we know Mike (laughs) so does that do you wear a mask if you are walking down the street wearing a mask or like would people look at you funny uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I wear a mask to go in like stores and stuff, right? I mean, so now it's a bit a, a much different story, right? Because now the cases are super low and England was so ahead of the vaccine just after a month that I arrived or whatever. So then the mm. whole like picture changed and now it was like, oh my God, these, and, and another on the, the last note of the COVID news, <laughs> I know it's such an interest, <laughs> an interesting topic now, but if there's one country that can test the strength of this of the vaccine it's definitely england of course there's many others out there but no people do not care here right and i feel like on balance this is like very stereotypical but i feel like english people tend to be very unhealthy so you really test the strength of it right (laughs) yeah i guess so yeah (laughs) Hmm. okay that's really interesting have you talked to other british people about that like your hypothesis around this ingrained cheekiness of the culture and the people is that something that you talked about with somebody else who's lived in England for a really long time or is it something that you're just like observing no yeah 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 so I like I mean I feel like I have a really bad habit of doing these like psychoanalyst sessions (laughs) you're just being an anthropologist it's yeah maybe I'm an anthropologist but I usually I like to bring up these sort of I don't know I like to kind of you know try to decode some sort of pattern you know, and make comparisons between continents and other British people have talked about that. I mean, Alex, our friend in Toronto said it even before I came here, that there was this sort of like ingrained cheekiness, you know, mm. to it mm. all this. And it's a different kind of youth, youthful cool than it is in, in North America. You know, like North America, it's kind of the cliche we know, you know, it's like the social justice. It's cool to be very outspoken feminist and or post Instagram stories about like equal pay. Whereas like in Britain, it's like those, you know, those kinds of things are like, it's not as far ahead in that stream right. of thought, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's a really nice segue into something else that we wanted to ask you about, which is like your newfound social life. Have you been meeting people? Who would you consider like a friend and would you tell them to listen to this episode yeah i'll 100 percent tell the people i've met here to listen to this episode <laughs> it depends what we talk about but there's a i i can't believe how much there is to talk about because i feel like my life has been so boring and mundane mm-hmm. but one of my friends that work angelina i like you know each monday I, a few of us we all like you know a few of us go into the office and we work and we talk to each other and lately she's been like I feel like you've met more people in London than I have in the last like six years I've lived here wow (laughs) but (laughs) I'm not bragging but I just out of nowhere I just kind of started meeting a few people so that was nice because the first three months were super it was to be honest super grim it was like it was super lonely it was you know of course there's COVID but 
I didn't feel feel that was the reason for why I was feeling at the time, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And every day I was like thinking, like, should I move back to Canada? Right. Yeah. Well, and it was probably also the weather was because it was January, February, March. So what was it like? Really rainy? Did it get dark early? Well, well, no. The weather would have to me felt w- much warmer than Canada at the beginning, yeah. right? Now True. it's kind of like okay, it should be getting warmer, but it's still yeah. I mean it's a big adjustment to move like even I just moved within the city but I moved to St. Clair and Dufferin I have a York address and even that move felt like I felt very isolated when I moved here because at first like no one was eager to come see me when it was like shitty cold weather and so yeah I mean I would imagine if you move as far as you did amid a pandemic of course it's going to be hard but yeah I think it was also this feeling of like, you know, I was talking to our friend Victoire who moved from France to Toronto and the way she felt when she moved to Toronto is exactly how I feel felt when I moved to London. It was this feeling that when you look back, everything was perfect mm-hmm. and you have all these like perfect friends and it was just kind of, you know, minus the pandemic, it was a great life. And then you ask yourself like, oh, why did I actually do this? And is it going to be worth it? And of course that takes time, right? And so mm-hmm. you have to be patient. And so you have to wait and you have to kind of like see it. And, and I think in any city, of course, it's always the people, you know, like above any, most things, it's always the people that, you know, that make a city good, you know, like you can go For to sure. New York, you can go to like New York or something. And if you don't know anybody, yeah, you can be, much may as well be in more. Regina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Well, and you probably I, felt that way when you first moved to Toronto, right? From Winnipeg. No, no, oh. that's the thing. This, the day I arrived. Or in the first week, I, I'm pretty sure I met Caroline and I met, you know, well, of course, Roger was my manager, Caroline's, right. uh, Caroline's husband. <laughs> that that sounds weird to hear. Hey, Caroline's <laughs> husband. In, <laughs> I context. mean, it's true. <laughs> I'm not sure if I was Caroline's husband. I'm, I'm not sure if I was supposed to say that. I'm only going to refer to Roger out. as Caroline's husband. <laughs> this, is, this is my friend Caroline and this is her husband. Yeah. He's like listening to his music and like completely has no idea what's going on. But oh, yes. Dude. Yeah. I remember meeting you at Colty and I think, you know, we worked with people who like really made it a duty to introduce you to what Toronto was going to be like. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That first, you know, as soon as I arrived, there's Roger and it was like, I felt like it was his duty to like make sure that mm-hmm. I was like welcome to stuff and I met all these people and it, and I, I just remember thinking like, holy fuck, I've never had friends like this in my entire life, <laughs> you know, and it's like all of a sudden I related to everyone and I felt like I was kind of home right away. And when I moved to London, I was expecting for, you know, you kind of expect it'd be the same. The but same was, experience. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know what it is, but in London, there isn't that sort of that same thing. I, I feel like that I experienced where people, at least where I work, people went out of their way when someone like moves internationally to kind of be like oh like let's do fucking things sorry not to swear let's do things <laughs> what do you mean not weird. to swear no i not i don't mean not to swear. i mean that was a weirdly placed fuck you fuck you know <laughs> <laughs> that was a weirdly placed place fuck can't you right you? um like, why did you swear there mm. i mean i don't even know if it was like necessarily a toronto thing because i i'm sure there's plenty of places you could have started to work at in Toronto that wouldn't have done that I think it was like a Roger Jam 3 Caroline because from what I gather that was a very social workplace it was all like you guys were a pretty tight-knit group you know and 
I think yeah, I think that, it was more specific to the people, you know. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that that's what I mean. I, I think yeah. it was the place I worked. I think it was the very much the pub I was in, right? Yeah. And of course, you can't expect the same. And of course, you know. And, and also, I went to a really tiny place where people have like their own life, you know. And, right. And, and on the reverse side of where I'm working now, it's actually a very positive thing where there isn't that sort of. I don't feel like people are compensating as much to. Oh, this gets into work too much, but <laughs> there's a positive side to it where it's, you know, people have friends outside of work. Do you know? Whereas, and they're like, not, I was yeah, just, they're not work friends. There's yeah, work exactly. and then there's people outside of work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the bubble I, I came into in Toronto, everybody worked together and was friends True. together and lived together. And it was just, and was f- they were fucking. <laughs> yeah. And they were fucking. I'm sorry. I'm not speaking about you, Caroline. <laughs> I just was saying that. Of course, I mean, of course there's fucking, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, so- wouldn't it be so absurd to imagine people at Builders Club hooking up? <laughs> Maybe it's happened. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it's, I feel like that's happened in every workplace. Maybe um, I've hooked up with someone already. <gasps> oh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, and I- I've also heard, so, oh, sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> no, go for it. Well, I've also heard the dating scene, and I think I've only heard like queer people talk about this. So I don't know if it's different for straight people, but I've heard the dating scene, like people in the UK are very lazy. And so people that are dating there, they're like, it sucks here because like you, you have to pull, you know, teeth to get people to go out with you. So maybe it's also the same as like just in any sort of social way, people are just like harder to get out of their yeah. habits, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's definitely that. That's another thing I would mention about social dynamics here. Yeah. Like I've, I've invited, for example, a few people from Builders Club to like go for drinks or hang out outside of work on a random off day, like a Saturday or like a Tuesday or something. And each time I've done it, the, per- the other person's like, oh, this usually doesn't happen in London. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> so how do people yeah. become friends? Do you remember in high school, no, I shouldn't compare it to high school, but do you remember in high school where it was not cool to, I don't know, you know, when you're a teen, you want to play everything nonchalantly, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and you want things to happen in a sort of um, natural way. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel like Lon- I've witnessed what London is. It's yeah. a very much like a kind of, I don't know how to describe it, like it's, a wink. <laughs> it's up to you. This is reminding me of one of the wisest pieces of advice I ever gave to anyone and I gave it when I was eight years old. My mother told me this story. She overheard me when we first moved to Calgary from Winnipeg. We were staying at a friend's house until our house we bought was ready for us to move into. And it was the night before we were supposed to start school. And one of the little girls in that family, we were sleeping in the same room. And she was telling me she was really nervous to start school the next day at a new school. And like, what if people don't like her and she can't make friends? And apparently I said, well, you just have to remember that they don't need you, but you need them. So you have to put yourself out there. And my wow. mom told me that. And I was oh, like, that is amazing. such good advice, especially from an eight-year-old. But that's just the thing, right? Eight-year-old, you would love me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me. Yeah. Because I've, I've been putting myself out there. Aww. Like, I, I have been, and I'm not, I said that, like, I've been putting myself out there and it's still not working. No, it's working. And we'll right. get into some, we'll get into this okay. some stories that are resolved. Oh, please. Ooh, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not good at, you know, rattling off jokes as quick as I used to be able to. Well, that just, you just need to socialize more. Yeah. That's what that is. I'm, get, I'm getting socially awkward again. 
Right. I mean, you never weren't, <laughs> you know? Maybe I'm losing my social awkwardness, and that's what's awkward. Maybe you should start a YouTube channel. <laughs> you definitely have the hair for it. Yeah, I, the sliding's not great. <laughs> no, it looks fantastic. Okay, well, we do want to know about... Um, so, like, tell us about the people you've met. Yeah. Okay. Who have I met? Should I try try and name every single person I've met? Oh, that'd be um, okay. Well, it depends on how many people you've met. Also, yeah. think about if you want to, you know, send them the link to this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, first, honorable mention of the pe- two people I met were uh, honorable mention, not even just mentioning. I mean, I'm trying to say, <laughs> I'm trying to say that the first most important people to mention. Okay. Oh, so that you're we're ranking. All right. Yeah, we're controversial. Ranking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you don't burn any bridges. Yeah, I'm about to burn some bridges here. Rank the and then is- if you could rate them all on a scale of one to ten. Okay. Across a different a few different okay. criteria. Okay. Okay, so this is a eight nine out of ten or an eight out of ten. You'll you'll know why. Oh. Um why there's a dilemma. My landladies. Mm. my two landladies the moment yes. that I started so my first two weeks in London were super okay I already talked about how depressing it was <laughs> yeah oh I lived in this like cold Airbnb and it costed like 1500 Canadian for like two weeks it was insane whoa yeah stupid and it had no hot water it had no almost no heating and it was in this basement and everything that you have heard about like London being cold and damp it was that and I was like, is this going to be the rest of London? No hot <laughs> Anyways, water even in your shower? I know. It just, like, <gasps> if you left it, it just would not turn hot. And now people are telling me later that, oh, like, the taps work here differently. And you need to do this. And then it works. What? So maybe, yeah. <laughs> and it's true. Apparently, in some pl- some old places, there's four taps. And you need to figure out, like, the right combination. <laughs> oh, my God. Whoa. So you have to be, like, like a, a scientist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or, it's yeah. Like, it's like, or it's, like, three taps. There's the middle one that controls like the direction that the water flows either to the either to the shower head or the faucet yeah i don't know Whatever. all right well no no wonder there's so many covid cases there they can't even figure out basic plumbing <laughs> exactly my last so then i was like okay i'm just gonna get a flat that's gonna be like comforting you know and then i met these two landladies they're both sculptors and they live mm-hmm. below the so i don't know if they're a lesbian couple but they definitely sleep together or they definitely sleep in the same bed every night Okay. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to. Uh, you don't want to make assumptions. assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. They spend, they live together. They I mean, don't, yeah. chances are they are a couple, especially if they're landladies, it's not like they're living together to save money, you know, like they clearly <laughs> are earning incomes. So. Yeah. So but. they're both this older, like kind of sculptor couple and they're extremely cute. They, they are so nice. They bring me on the, the first day I, I lived here, they, brought me baked sourdough uh, that they made themselves and then they brought me wine and then the other week so I this goes into it a little bit but this part you'll edit out but let us make that decision (laughs) (laughs) am I already drunk (laughs) (laughs) you've had half a beer it's another Um, side of living in London so they live below me and you know they're super nice they they why how do i prove that they're nice well they made you bread they brought you wine that's all you need to say yeah Mm -hmm. but they you know every time i they knock on my door and they ask me how how doing sometimes they the other day 
one of them was looking on this like free website, like Kijiji. And she found like a sewing bust of a torso. And, mm-hmm. and so she was like, I think this would be great for you. Cause I heard you bought a sewing machine. <gasps> that is so sweet. Cute. That is so yeah. sweet. I said, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sending me that. Yeah. I'll definitely pick it up. You know, a week went by, kind of like forgot about it. And then like one day it was like storming and she's like, oh, I messaged the lady today to ask if it's still available. Do you want me to, to drive you to go pick it up? <laughs> and so she drove me to go pick up this sewing bus. Yeah. I mean, wow. that's really nice. Did you mm. actually want it though? Or did she just yeah, no, force you to yeah, make no, a purchase? Oh <laughs> no, definitely. No, I didn't purchase. It's a free, it's a, like a, oh, a giving away. Website. Okay. Well then that's very nice. Aw. So they're like your mom's kind of, or like your big yeah. sister's. Yeah, they're definitely like my mom's. And I, I've realized in my life, I always need like a parental figure. Yeah. And I always need mm-hmm. someone that matches my twin as well. Oh, yeah. interesting. And they, they have your twins sort of same vibe? No, they're they're like my parents. I would say they're more my <laughs> right. like the parent. You know, you guys were kind of my parental figures in yes. Toronto. Yeah, we remember. I think maybe now they're my parental figures here. Oh, that's nice. And have you found someone who was like your twin? Yeah. No, and have you told not, them? Oh, kinda. No, not no, no, not not really. It's evolving. You know, I, okay. I have a few people, but you know, don't want to jump the gun too quickly. Remember, <laughs> in London, you have to play it cool. You, you have to play pretend, it cool. You can't be on agenda, and you always have to say that you had, um, you know, other plans. Other oh, right. You're busy, but then you're like, what time um, yeah. do you want to get together? <laughs> Okay, so do people, is the fact, are you, are, did you leave? <laughs> I'm here, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Does the fact that you have a Canadiana accent excite people? Does that make you exotic, unique? Do they hate you for it? What, what's happening there? Uh, it's a mixture of both. Okay. Is my sound equal here than it was over you, there? You, yeah. Okay, I'm going to sit at the table. <laughs> is it equal? Make- let's, let's test it out. Yeah, that's good enough. Yeah. Just make yeah. sure maybe you lean in as much as you can, but whatever's okay. comfortable. <laughs> okay, let's see. Let's try this for a bit. Okay. Do people like it? It's interesting. I can notice people get thrown off by it. Okay. You know, there's this like thought in the back of their mind that I'm a certain person because of it. <laughs> hmm. And then I talk a little bit and then I charm them and then they love me. Oh, I mean, do they you think are you're so charming? You are very charming. Do they think you're American at first? Yeah, first they think I'm American. And I I don't think that taints it too much. Do you know? Right. Well, I mean, given how uh, racist British people tend to be, you'd think the fact that you're you're part of the Commonwealth would be a major advantage, you know? I know, but I was going to ask, like, do they assume you're much brasher or like American adjacent than you actually are. Cause I feel like there's a lot of anti-American sentiment there too. I mean, you do look like a Trump supporter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With my beach, beach blonde hair and my funky glasses. Yeah. Um, uh, I, you know what? I, I probably, probably there's a little bit of prejudice that I'm, uh, you know what? There's probably a lot of assumptions that then get proven truth, like right. That yeah. they had off the bat, like, here so for example at work I've worked with a few American freelancers Mm -hmm. and 
I've never seen the stereotype difference of British people versus Americans more clearly than like when I work with these Ameri when, with, when I work with American people, if you ask how they're doing, they're like, ah, oh, this morning was shit, but I'm doing okay. You know, like just tired and, but it'll be good. They speak to people speak their mind right away. And they always, I feel like when you ask how they're doing Americans, they'll come up with the most kind of shocking thing they can say. Mm -hmm. They're <laughs> right just away. all very attention seeking. Yes. Right. Again, yeah, exactly. We love to talk in generalizations when we're talking about entire countries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's a bit of a performance in it. You know, there's a right. bit of like, um, you know, there's, uh, there's, I would say British people are direct, but direct in a different way than Americans are direct or even mm. North Americans, you know, and I've noticed that very clearly here. Um, so like me expressing exactly how I feel, I felt like I've had to learn how to respond in a different way to how are you doing? Okay. Here. Give an example. Do, do the American response, I guess, versus the UK response. <laughs> okay. okay. You know what? I was like, when I was making dinner I actually thought it would be a great idea if we rehearse this live on the podcast so I, I'm really happy that okay we perfect okay so hold on first I'll ask you how you're doing I'll ask you and you're going to be American and then Caroline will ask you and then you're going to be British okay <laughs> so hey how, how's it going uh, I'm doing okay you know I'm a bit lonely these days you know yeah I mean I'm living alone but it's good it works fun so that's good I bought a sewing machine the other day, very specific, very kind of like mm -hmm. a bit over, over the place, but it throws out a few kind of virtual signals. Yeah. There's know? stuff to work with. Virtual signals, not virtual yeah. signals. Okay. Okay. That wasn't the best. Okay. <laughs> well now Carol, we'll do the UK version. Okay. So I'll be like, I mean, first of all, do British people even ask you how you are or is it more just like a formality? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's always, it's, they always ask you how you are, but it okay. is not how, how you are. Okay. It's a high. It's a trick. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, how are you, Mike? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Okay. How are you? That's the British answer. Yes. If you if you go in if you actually treat the question as how you are doing, then you get a cold you get a cold shoulder shoulder uh, or it's there's a bit of this feeling of like wait I didn't ask you how you how you actually are doing. You know, so it's like and, when people at work that you don't know well ask you how you are. Yeah, but it's even beyond that. You know, if you're at a, a little bit of a gathering or if you're at the grocery store, of course, I don't tell people at the grocery store <laughs> in my life, but, you know, at dates, you know. And so I, I went on a date on Saturday. Nothing to write home about, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you are technically writing home about it as you speak about it right now. To yeah, us. I'm speaking home about it. And he confirmed this exact thing. Okay. He said, Cause he's been to America and he's lived, but he's lived in British Britain all his life. And he said in Britain expressing any, it, it's seen as more civilian to be okay. And to say that you're doing okay. Mm. And that anybody that expresses a little bit of frustration or expresses how they're feeling, it's seen almost as you're putting a burden on the rest, <gasps> do you know? Okay, that wow. is so interesting because it reminds me of Julia. Do you remember when we went to Amsterdam and we dressed very ourselves there? We dressed flamboyantly. Mm -hmm. And I was asking a friend who like had lived in Amsterdam for a long time. I was like, yeah, we got some like really like, if not cold shoulders and definitely some like, you know, look the other way shoulders. And she was like, huh. yeah, like there's a saying that like being normal is crazy enough. 
And it feels very aligned to what you were saying, where like, it is kind of annoying when you ask someone like, oh, how are you? Just like a way to start the meeting. And they're like, oh, I like, am so lonely and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of get that. Interesting. And I've noticed the reverse happened that if I ask people pointed questions, you know, like making with a little bit of what's wrong with you (laughs) yeah like what the fuck's wrong with you no seriously even actually seriously like if if you're a bit drunk and you and you okay wait that's a different subject again too uh (laughs) drinking in england is a different subject okay wait we'll (laughs) we'll talk about that later yeah well we can push it right after this sentence but (laughs) um wow i I think you are drunk already (laughs) yeah maybe okay that's cute no but if you ask somebody a pointed question what's a pointed question there like what so so you know like okay like so uh, have you um, gone out recently you know and then you hear a little bit and maybe it sounds like they're a little bit lonely or something and then you ask like are you lonely yeah you you seem really lonely (laughs) yeah you seem really fucking lonely dude like are you lonely (laughs) okay this is a bit of a hyperbole but I found that resonates really well and then people like you know they're not I feel like people aren't used to that sort of um we're making such generalizations right now but this is all we do on this podcast so so people are very self-interested they don't want to know how you're actually doing but they would really love for you to ask them genuinely how they're doing or I guess it's a way of like uh, you giving them permission. It's like, well, I exactly. asked you about this thing. So then I'm allowing you to talk about it because I've like insinuated that it won't be a burden that I'm curious. Exactly. Yeah. It's a little bit of like, oh, we can talk about our feelings here before we get drunk. So it sounds like <laughs> socializing with anybody in the UK is kind of what it's like to be a straight woman dating any straight man. A lot. Of, yeah. <laughs> sounds like right? a lot of signal reading. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of signal reading. Yeah, for sure. And I think another thing that is at play is that people buy into the London elitist Mm. personality or social dynamics. Yes. Um, And that's exactly what you know it is. It's the it's the London accent. It's the like generational wealth. It's the like, you know, you have to befriend us before you're in this group you know and so I think even if you know someone comes from another country in Europe I think people very quickly buy into that same those same dynamics do you know because I mean because you could make the argument that like oh well wouldn't only the British people be like that but no I think it's like it's just a thing that quickly spreads of like you know I don't know it's hard to pin down you know maybe maybe on episode three I I will have more concrete it kind of makes sense it sounds like well I mean Julia you've talked about how like when you moved to Toronto there was a definite sense of coldness that is unique to this Mm -hmm. city compared to other places like Vancouver or Montreal and I guess London is you know once upon a time seen as like the metropolitan center of of Europe and it's just like generations and generations of perpetuating that thinking maybe Mm -hmm. okay tell us about drinking in London the one I was gonna make about drinking is that as soon as people drink all of that all those rules go away. Right. Hmm. That's why and people drink I, there so much. Yeah. And I had heard about that before I came here. But then when I moved here, it's totally a thing. People totally open up once they have like a sip of alcohol. And then, you know, <laughs> one sip. 
Do you find yeah, most people the... have a drinking problem? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it's also like you can't go to, it's not the same sort of London True. it was, I guess, outside of COVID, um, but I don't know. Okay, so you said you went on a date. So what do you, are you using Grindr there? Is there a different app people use there more? How are you meeting people for dates? So Grindr is definitely the best and Hinge, Tinder, funny you remember remember on the last podcast episode i said oh i've i've bought tinder plus so i could go travel to <laughs> yes. london yes yeah so i could go travel to london to meet all the british people guess who else has this idea the rest of the world when so it's just international use, yeah when you try to use tinder in london everyone's eight thousand kilometers it's just away. every people from Ugh. singapore being like what's going on <laughs> yeah actually it's actually it's thailand <laughs> okay yeah, I don't know why there's just a load of Thailand people on, on Tinder using the passport function. But I know because the squiggly letters, but now as I'm saying that, maybe that's why it stands out in my head so much because it has the very recognizable font. Mm. Okay. So has using these apps made it easier to meet people or? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Absolutely. So I have I have a friend that, I can't, oh, I guess I can't say friend yet because we haven't met more than like five times or whatever, but. <laughs> I didn't know that there was some sort of rule. Yeah, there's some sort of rule here. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. There isn't. But so I, I, I met this, when I moved into this flat, there's this Irish guy that lives like a few blocks over. And I would say we're more, we're definitely more on a friend basis. <laughs> As opposed I mean, we, to uh Sexual basis. Right. The lover basis, which is yeah. Grinder's great. Grinder's great for, you know, you can kind of like, I don't know. And, and he's kind of, he's also, he's, a, so he's a stylist. I don't think I've ever met a stylist before. Actually, no, that's a lie. But he's great. He's from Ireland and he is, I feel like someone I get along with really well. He's a, it's a very strong character and he talks extremely fast. Mm-hmm. I cannot keep up with, the way he talks, he's super scrappy with the way he like rattles off bits, you know, like I've never seen mm. before. And yeah. I, ha- and I have found that I have to, it takes me a while to catch up. Like I have to take pauses and I have to listen more because of it. Because it's almost like keep- instead of talking, he's beatboxing or something. Exactly. He's Irish beatboxing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. His, okay. name's, his name's Rory. He's cool. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, I have another story. <laughs> Keep going. What? <laughs> no. Tell us the story. I mean, it would probably come up in another question that you guys asked me. But why can't you know? it just come up right now while we are seemingly well, on the topic? Okay. What yeah. were you hoping that we would ask so that the story would come on? Yeah. It was going to be the Easter gathering that I got invited to. Okay. Oh, Easter. Okay in a back English garden. And then I met this guy named Will and he's a great friend now. It's okay. weird me calling people friends. So you wait, <laughs> you got invited to an off. Easter gathering and you were talking about earlier how in Toronto people would invite you to Thanksgiving, but maybe not there, but it turns out they still invite you to holidays. Yeah. 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 So, so when we were talking about that, I meant to mention that there was like a turning point. Right. Where like, and, but this wasn't tied to work. So it still does hold true. This sure. was outside of work because I met a mutual friend here who knows one of my friends in Toronto. 
And she was like, you got to meet him. You got to meet him. You guys will be like great friends. You got to meet him in London. And two months in or something, I met him. And then he's kind of like, that connection has kind of blossomed into meeting these other people. Mm-hmm. And then I got invited to this Easter gathering. <laughs> this will go on for a while, by the way. Yeah. And I went to the Easter gathering and it was in a classic English flat backyard, wow. you know, like old brick this beautiful house in this iconic area. Whose um, house was it? So it was his friend's. It, it, it was, yeah, his friend, his friend Pip's kind of house. I mean, she doesn't own it, they, but they rent it. But it's just, it's in this area called Stoke Newington, which is like Northern London. I, I kind of live in Stoke Newington. I'm just a little bit of further away, but it's like this lot, everything's Victorian, you know, area house is like 120 years old, 140. Mm-hmm. It's East London. It's Hackney. But in the, at this Easter gathering, it was, I remember it being such a crazy feeling of just meeting a group of people. At this time, it was kind of cool to meet up with people outside. So it didn't feel delinquent or mischievous, but, mm-hmm. but I just remember it kind of like changing the whole world for me about like how I was feeling about London. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like a warmer day. So like I met a few people here and one of them was Will. Will is a, so I guess he, he studied like art history but he reminds me very much of my friend group here in Toronto. You know, I feel like him and, and you guys would get along very well. He, I, so I guess he's like a writer. He writes, you know, some like articles about. So, so right now, so what does he do? I don't know. This is a very London thing. I'm trying to get used to what people do here. In, Wait, in why? What do you mean? Well, I like so, so he works at a gallery and I okay. guess he runs the gallery or he manages it. So I guess Are jobs pure... different there? Yeah, well, <laughs> they're in different proportions, you know? Right. <laughs> so he's a curator for this gallery. He's also a writer and just, I already said that. And he's very, he's one of these gay aristocratic people, mm, you know? Mm. You feel like he kind of has the... connections to other gay people and he kind yeah. of gets the, he gets the lay of the land, you know? Okay. He gets ha... the scene. Well, where is he from in the UK? Do you know? Yeah, he's from Brighton. Does he come from That's money? A, I'm not too sure. So he's he is contrary to the dyna- social dynamics I talked about earlier. Okay. And I feel like it's a new breed of acting or of social dynamics here in in London. Let's call it social is, theater because I feel like that's kind of what it is. Social theater of it being cooler to not be elite. Do you know? Mm. And I would say that yes. Rory, the Irish guy I met on Grinders, also this way, where it's they get the they get it and they kind of don't play into that, you know, okay. and they're very nice. Very punk. They, punk, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would say they're oh. very punk. And it's nice because I feel like my personality plays well into it. Personality? Personality plays well into it because I'm a you know a bit of a sarcastic person. I'm a bit socially awkward. But I'm also, you know, I'm strategically endearing, you know, I can endear oh, people. Right. You know, but it's calculated. Yeah. It's so definitely not genuine. That. Yeah. It's definitely not genuine. Yeah. I think well, it's very genuine. I was going to say, well, the whole, you know, aloof, like too cool for school thing is not you. If you're enthusiastic about something, you're not really good at pretending that you're not, nor do you feel like it's really worth your while. At least right. that's kind of what. I think our friend group in Toronto was kind of all about. We were all interested in the same things. 
And that was how we all became friends. But if we weren't interested in something, we weren't going to pretend like either. You know what I mean? And uh, this guy and wait, his name is Will. Will and Rory, they seem cool. Like you guys are interested in the same things. Yeah, exactly. And then there's Alec as well, who's who I met Will from. And then there's like Pip and Emma. Emma and and Alec, please remember the names, listeners. (laughs) Yeah, it's important. Emma and Alec are also Canadians. So there's a nice bridge there where they kind of could explain the differences. Mm. You know, and it's nice to get a bit of that mirror of like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Where are they from? They both lived in Toronto for a while. I think Alec was born there. Um, Emma lived there for a while. but Oh, is it Mel's friend Alec? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cute. But yeah, speaking about too too cool for school. So (laughs) this goes into another story. So this is why I said that the Easter story is a long one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I got invited maybe like a month later to have drinks in Soho with these people pip and emma canadian and the one that owns the easter house (laughs) right (laughs) to paraphrase things and when i arrive there's one guy i don't know and his name's joe and when i arrive he says hi mike lamont how are you doing (laughs) in this very like liverpoolian accent Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so it should be like or it should be like, and Mike Lamont, how are you? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Okay. I, I picture it like a roller coaster. Yeah. It's always like up and down. Like it, yeah. yeah. And so right away, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, wait, does he know me? Okay. Like whatever. They probably shared his Instagram to me before I arrived and yeah. they're super drunk. They're like six years in. Okay. Whatever. But for the rest of the night, he kind of was sizing me up of, and he was, I, I could feel this, you know, I could feel that he was intimidated by me <gasps> and that whatever he had heard about me was, you know, he thought I was bigger than who I was, or he thought that I was someone that I, you know, that I, that I obviously am not. And of course he was drunk. So, you know, people, when they're drunk, they can feel all sorts of things, mm-hmm. but the whole night he kind of, it kept building on this, like, okay, Michael Mont, like, tell me who you are. Tell me who you are. I've heard mm. all about you. I've heard all about you and so apparently after this Easter gathering there was a bit of like a joke in their in their group chat that they didn't invite him because they invited Mike Lamont instead (laughs) and it was obviously a joke because I I arrived completely randomly to this thing just because I invited myself to it I was like one night to my friend Alec I was like what are you doing tonight invite me see this is how I make friends in London I just I'm a bit abrasive when I ask to be invited. No, that's good. Yeah. So in his mind, he was competitive with you. He thought that I was here to replace him. And another thing to mention is that this Easter gathering, I wore these extremely shiny Raph Simmons shoes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's because the previous night I had hung out with that, with my friend Rory. And he told me that you can wear them with blue jeans. If you wear them with blue jeans, you can wear them anywhere because. Yeah. That's a way to dress them down. Yeah, it's a way to dress them down. And so at that point, I became confident in wearing them casually. Um, So I think that also built up a bit of this this portrait of who I was. Who's this (laughs) arrogant Canadian guy with his shiny ass shoes? And I had just bleached my hair the night before too. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I was a completely new person and my completely new London 
archetype that I was fitting into happened to intimidate someone. And hmm. the thing about Joe is again, so he, he's like Julia, he works for the government, okay. very well spoken. You know, you wouldn't want to get in an argument with either of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, he's extremely quick as well when he talks. So, you know, anything you say, he'll match and he'll have a comeback as quick as possible. So the best thing I could do was, you know, like pause and just, you know, be a bit calm. And, but that kind of, I think he read it, at least when he was drunk, as me being like too cool for school. Cause mm. like now I wasn't responding to it's like, who are you? Tell me who you are. Yeah. Tell me who you are, you know? And then at the end of the night, we went, we went back to, back to that Easter house. And then the ended, the, the night ended by him starting to hit on me. <laughs> <gasps> well, oh. yeah, that's a good strategy to get somebody to hit on you actually is like design your interactions such that they think they're inferior to you. So they have no choice but to hit on you to try to get to yeah, your level. Exactly. I mean, that's how all successful relationships begin. I mean, and but the thing about Joe is that I could tell, even in the midst of this fury, I could tell that we would be really good friends outside of it. You know, mm-hmm. I could tell that he was a very endearing person. He's also extremely handsome. Hmm. Do you know? So it's this combination of this Liverpoolian accent, this scrappy kind of quick way to talk. It's this really handsome um, British look. And, you know, all of this combined, I'll never forget that night. Huh. So Hmm. when he hit on you, did anything come of that? No, I mean, but uh, I mean, no. (laughs) Why not? I mean, so I can, uh, he's really handsome, but I mean. Is he not twinkish (laughs) enough? Is that like the the vibe? Well, well, he's, he's like 30, 34. Oh wow! Okay, what does oh, that yeah. mean? Uh, I don't know. I'm usually into okay, people like. In, oh yeah, I forgot 20. you're 16. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm into people under 20, 25, and so you know, while okay. while charming people and making people attracted to me in London is a really good strategy to meet people. I hope they're not disappointed when I don't hook up with them. Mm. So, are you trying to date? Yeah, or, I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. I've gone on quite a few dates already. I would say. You would think that having a extremely gorgeous apartment. Apartment, yeah. Um, and even going as far as including it as the third photo in my grinder bio. <laughs> yeah, and, really. And writing below. Here, do you want me to read my grinder bio? Please. Yes, please. Okay. Hopefully this is good content for the pod. <laughs> okay, so I wrote, designer from Canada, new to London, living alone full stops in between all of those also I smile a lot more in real life cute fuck it fuck it I'll just put a picture of my apartment here too oh my god you oh, said wow. fuck it I'll just put a <laughs> so you're really leading with that <laughs> well if I just put it there you know I can't afford this place forever so I gotta milk yeah it I can get. yeah 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 hmm. okay well I'm now trying to like think about how you know me as like say like a 22 year old central st martin's like graduate trying to make it you know in the crazy chaos of london and then coming across your profile and then being like oh wow like this 23 year old designer from canada lives in this place like how would i feel about that yeah maybe a little intimidated yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah maybe i should break 
bring down the intimidation level. Well, okay, wait, what's your age range on these apps? So on Grinder, it is, let's see. Right now it's 19 to 25. Okay. And what's the young, what's the youngest? 18? 18, yeah. Okay. I don't I was, I was gonna say cause... just bring it, bring the age range down lower <laughs> because then you're not finding people that are intimidated by you, you're finding, you know, sugar babies. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, I <laughs> I find that most people are intimidated when I meet them. And the first thing I have to say is like, no, 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 I'm not bougie. Like <laughs> Right. And Which is really, like, it's kind of, that's kind of a confusing thing to hear because it makes you kind of sound more bougie, right? Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're, you're, it's like being like, no, 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 I'm just like you. Yeah, I guess so. But in London, it's, in London, class and wealth is a different thing to, as well. Do you know? How there's so? A, in, in London, there's so many people with just generational wealth. Like, mm. like you know, grandfathers who were, like dukes <laughs> yes yeah yeah yeah. and in london there's a lot of that and the way that i know is because the math just does not add up otherwise yeah internships mm. are, it, london costs around the same to live in new york but the salaries are what it is in toronto and on top of that internships are unpaid so yeah. there's no way that people do you know i mean there's decent like a loan structure but it just there isn't it doesn't make i've feel like I've noticed that most people I've met here have a little bit of a cushion, you know, and there's also a lot of, you know, even when I walk around the neighborhood I live in, you can just tell that it's everyone's place is like an inheritance thing. Mm. You know, when you see in the windows, everything's old and it's like passed down relics. There's like some Egyptian mask on the wall. You know? mm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. And then there's like a 22 year old living inside. Yeah. And there's, yeah. you know, and then there's like a family of like three kids. There's so many kids here, you know, and that also is, you know, how could you afford so many kids in the place that costs so much money? So you just get this feeling of like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of wealth in London. Whereas, I don't know, maybe the bubble I lived in Toronto, there wasn't that much as that feeling. People probably felt, felt like, more self-made, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. There was more of that self-made feeling. And yeah, so when people see that I live in this apartment, people, a lot of people, I think, assume that I'm, <laughs> that my great grandfather was a duke. Mm-hmm. I had a post the Instagram conversation to my story the other day. Should I read it? Sure. Yeah. I'm very interested. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't matter if other people are. No. How did you land this amazing apartment? And I responded, I'm filthy rich, generational wealth, inheritance. <laughs> great grandfather great grandfather was a duke okay and <laughs> and then he just responded really because he, b- he believed you yeah or it's yeah. possible it's plausible i think it, yeah i think it's plausible did you respond after he said really no i didn't oh. <laughs> i should have kept going with it i mean if you want your apartment to attract people and then when they comment on it you don't yeah, do, you don't give them anything to work with yeah, but I wasn't into him. So grinder anyone okay. can message you, right? Fair enough, fair enough. Mm. I mean, I will say yeah. that like in Toronto, at least like among our friend group, people are pretty conscious about their means of wealth. Like there's a lot of class consciousness where people are like, it's important that like I pay for my own shit and I'm 
not here to rely on other people. And I guess in London, maybe there isn't the same kind of it, like exactly economic yeah. politics. Yeah, I, I noticed that in Toronto, there's more of like people, if people do come from money, they're yeah more conscious. Oh yeah, another thing. Yeah, I was also talking, I think, to someone at the Easter gathering. And then someone was like, "Oh yeah, no, we everyone goes to private school in London." Like, no, 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 like, mm. no, 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 no one goes to public school here. No, no, everyone goes to private school. You know, and I was like, "Hmm, okay, okay, okay." You know, are you sure? <laughs> and if you were to go to public school, you'd be living not in London. Is that the idea? Like, you'd be living in another area in the UK, or I don't, I don't know. You're like in, but yeah, but. Then I went on like a grinder day and I asked about this and then they said the opposite. Did <laughs> you know? <laughs> so Okay, I mean, so that's... people live in their bubble is what it is. Yeah, exactly. There's you know, th- there is a bit of a there's a huge separation. There's more separation between class here than there is yeah, back home. Yeah. But yeah, okay. I don't know. But maybe I'm also generalizing. Maybe you know my opinions can change it. I'm also I'm not guys. If anyone from London's listening, I'm not being negative. I'm just trying to, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to understand things here. Yeah, you're just observing <laughs> things. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trash talking it. You know, you do you. You're, you know, you, you guys all live within. You know what I mean? I mean, okay. Well, do we think this is a good moment to take a two minute break, and then we'll come back, and you can tell us what, what makes you feel uncomfortable about living in London? Yeah, sounds good. we're back we are back back. we're back 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 again and now we're gonna go into a segment we call oh did that make you uncomfortable (laughs) was that a zoom leg or was that your brain leg that was my brain leg i saw a chip oh cool on the chair (laughs) you saw a chip of paint oh not like a potato chip no you mean not like a french fry oh right that's so confusing over there So, Mike, would you like to share what your uncomfy is for this week? Mm-hmm. Okay, I gave you a little bit of a sneak peek. My uncomfy is... I'm sorry. <laughs> so, for our listeners, this is what makes Mike uncomfortable about living in London. Is that? Can we frame it that yes. way? Is that fair? Oh, wait. No, it's what I do that would make other people uncomfortable, but I'm okay, right? Okay, yeah, let's do it that way. I like it. Yeah. Um, stay sticking to American definitions for everything. Mm. A flat so, is an apartment. A French fry is a French fry. <laughs> it's not a chip. We're sticking to American definitions. Yeah. Not even I Canadian. Have, you're just, you're choosing a different country that uh, you're not North from. Or, okay. Yeah. You know, there's not much difference. I mean, you know, within North America, we also have Mexico. So I went to Quake Canada to Mexico. So it is, you know, thank you. Important to distinguish. Important. Yeah. So I found that when I try to convert all my, the way, the things I call things to the British English and British definitions, it breaks up the conversation too much, you know, and I know that some people have to learn entirely new languages sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I have found that if I just stick to what I am used to calling things, the conversation flows better and people still know what I mean. So no assimilation. That's no what assimilation. you're touting. Okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I know it's completely arrogant and closed off, but 
Yeah, that wasn't great. Uncomfortable. No, it's, I mean, I'm fascinated because, you know, typically you would assume that by assimilating into the language of the place where you live, there would be less of an interruption. But you're saying that by not assimilating, there's less of an interruption or there's yeah. more of an interruption? Yes. There's less. There's less so, of an interruption. Why is that? First thing, a lot of people aren't from London. And if they're not from London, most likely they've grown up on American television. Okay. American media do you know so they get all the same cultural references all the same slang when you say not from London do you mean not from Great Britain because I would imagine if they're from Wales or something they would still they wouldn't know I no 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 most people like at least people I work with and people I meet elsewhere they're you know from Russia or Germany or Australia so you mean outside of Great Britain because London is just one city oh Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. I meant yeah. that's fine. This is I not know. a geography podcast, luckily. <laughs> but you work referring to your apartment as a flat. Is that not a British way of referring to apartments? Did I say in flats? other words, are you lying to us right now? <laughs> Did I say flats? D- you Carol, said didn't flat you? You on were a here? couple occasions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm waffling. Waffling. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm waffling between the two. But I have found yeah. that just kind of embracing my Americanness, North Americanness, the conversations are more lubricated. Mm. So give us an example of how that could come across. Because if you said like, oh, you know, want to go get some chips, how would they know you're referring to potato chips versus French fries or vice versa? Like how would how where would the confusion come in to begin with? Do you know what I mean? Okay, so chips, chips is one that you have to make sure that you say the right thing. <laughs> You can say French fries, but yeah, if you're talking about, then you have to say crisps, right? Okay, you have to say crisps. So you say that. Or you say the brand, Doritos, Pringles, right? But for example, I'm talking about my pants. Yeah. I'm not talking about my underwear, but people know that I'm not talking about my underwear because of my accent. Mm. Okay, because otherwise pants, pants, that's shorthand for underpants, and that's obviously underwear, right? So what do they say? Trousers? Trousers. Yeah. Okay, slacks. Trousers. <laughs> okay. Trousers. <laughs> All right. Capris. Are you drinking anything? Oh, I mean, it drinking? is in the afternoon. Yeah. I learned, I learned where off the wagon comes from. Where does it come hmm. from? People used to be shipped away on wagons when they were drunks or something? Exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. So <laughs> on their way to getting executed, they rode in a wagon. Fun. Love that. The pubs along the way of the route of execution would offer them one free pint. And so they could come in and get a free pint before that they got back so on the way. dark. <laughs> and they would be riding up just down the street here. The, the word literally yeah. comes from down the street here up to the execution thing. So if we're following that analogy through, then that means to be on the way and to not be drinking is to be on your way to imminent death. <laughs> Is yeah, that what exactly. we're saying? The yeah. world executes sober people. So using that logic, we should all be drunk if we want to live. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we're drinking tonight. Okay. That is uh, Julia, are you on, you're off the wagon. As, you're on the wagon. You're on the no. wagon as well. No, 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 I'm not. I'm just, it's 428, but maybe I'll have, maybe I'll have some wine or something in a bit. All uh, right. How unconscious you know? of me. It's, it's like lunchtime there. Starbucks time zones. 
Okay, but that's interesting. So you are choosing to fully embrace your American North American self. And I mean, you know what? It factors into your charm. And I feel like there's nothing more annoying to an English person than a North American person like trying to be English. So Yeah, that's what I've that's what I've learned too. <laughs> Is that true? But then so then it's like what can we ever win? Because people get mad at people for not nah. assimilating and then they get mad at you for assimilating too much or you can't win. And that's some, another thing I've learned is you have to embrace the, the you're always going to lose. Yeah. You're always yeah. under attack okay. <laughs> as an immigrant, interesting, as interesting immigrant. choice of words. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. All right. Do you feel discriminated against living there? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, I feel like Britain is so fascinating and the people that live here because they have grown up with an almost entirely different, not entirely different, but a different set of media, a different set of movies, a different, you know, maybe not necessarily movies, but, you know, just a whole different kind of set of parameters. Mm-hmm. And it's created a slightly different person than you would be used to in, in America. And with that comes all sorts of things you never thought you would, I don't know, think about before. Yeah. What are the predominant cultural references for people between 20 and 30, which I know is a big range, but. I mean, I I think British culture, you know, made a lot of things that I probably forgot about or that I don't attribute to. A lot of musical genres came from Britain, Mm, you know, the whole punk punk thing, the whole. Of course. That whole feeling of going against or that whole idea of going against the grain and like that being a part of, you know, art and culture and like the clash and sex pistols and yeah, exactly. That whole thing that it's just, it's very British and it's, you know, woven into the fabric of British people. (laughs) Sounded very pretentious. And then also like television as well. Right. It's so they have channel four here. And a few British people or one, one British friend in the office, Rory, another Rory. Oh, and Rachel, but Rachel's from Ireland. They both told me to watch some Channel 4 things. And it's incredible the kind of stuff that they have on this. What, do, what does and Channel it, 4 mean? Channel 4 is their, I don't know the equivalent, but it's their main sort of, it's where you get reality shows. It's where you get like fun. Right. Pop culture. It's just kind of, it's got all the really weird British television that, so they have this show called Gogglebox. Do you know this? No. <laughs> Gogglebox. Gogglebox. And so okay. my Irish friend, Rachel, she kept saying Gogglebox and I could not understand yeah. what she was saying. She just has, she has an Irish accent, but I don't blame her. I don't blame myself. The name of the show is so preposterous. Gogglebox. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if someone came on came to you on the street and said, Have you watched Gogglebox? You would have no idea what the fuck they just said because you would never expect those two words to go together, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never. But it's this show where you watch there's like five chosen families that they revisit every week for years. And every time they visit them, they point a camera at the couple or the family sitting on a couch watching TV. So it's like they watching don't... people watch TV. Yes. And you watch their reactions and you watch them talk about it. And it's so funny. It's hilarious. Oh, so it's just a reaction YouTube channel and TV format. 
Yeah, but it's old, you know, it's like from What's the What's the 90s. point of it? What do people get out of watching it? I, it's kind of like listening to a podcast where you hear people cover recent events, but you also hear an additional layer on top of it. So you hear something like Prince George's death. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Prince Philip. Prince George <laughs> is like the little toddler. They're very <laughs> devastating if he died suddenly. Prince Philip's death. And then you hear some sort of reaction about it and people talking about it. And, and it adds that whole other layer to so it. So it's kind of like a version of the simple life. Just people doing like basic things, but you're like, oh, this is entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But it's giving me like, so I recently started watching and, and finished um, the reality show Couples Therapy. And Ooh. it's really good. It's from I've been wanting time. to watch it. It's the New York one, right? The New York therapist. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so this show kind of sounds like that because you're also kind of like, it's, it doesn't, you're kind of watching people react and articulate their own lives through the lens of, in this case, like couples therapy. But I guess in the case of Gogglebox, it's like through television shows where, yeah, they're like reacting to different shows, but they're also kind of talking about their lives and like who they are by watching those shows. Is that fair to say? Yeah, exactly. But it's got that whole British humor layer on top of it as well. And it's also, it's very regional. Each family's like in a specific part of England. And as you know, different parts of England are so different from one another. Like people have distinct personalities in Liverpool, people have distinct personalities in Brighton. And so you see also that array of kind of, you know, and someone coming in into London only seeing kind of the metropolitan area, you know, you get to see all these other personalities that you've never seen before, I guess. Hmm. What is the role of nature in your social life, Mike? Are people going to parks mm. and like having... Yeah, yeah, there's so much going to parks here. Mm. There's like parks on every block, I feel like, and people just sit wherever and they drink and yeah, I go to parks all the time. It's such an upgrade from Toronto because Toronto has Trinity Bellwoods and then that's it. Well, that's not exactly true. Uh, speaking as two people that went to a new park the other day, right, Carol? We did, yes. Uh, a very nice park. But you're right. Like, the options are limited. That's very European. Like, when I think about Paris, there's so many beautiful parks everywhere. And you're almost yeah. a fool if even before COVID, if you were, like, only hanging out at cafes in Paris. There's beautiful places to sit outside and drink all day long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you could pay, like, $10, $12 Canadian for a beer here. Or you could go sit in a park and... That's how much a beer would cost in a pub or something. Yeah, it's twelve, like twelve dollars Canadian for a beer, and that's like average in a pub. Whoa, that's yeah, very seems... expensive. Yeah, it can go up to like fourteen dollars. Wow, it's like that's cocktail like... prices. Yeah. Yeah, it's cocktail prices. Then the cocktails are like the same price. Hmm. Are you still and drinking you... IPAs? Uh, yeah, but they're harder to find here, surprisingly stick to the commercial beers here you know like guinness and the heinekens and stuff right but yeah the parks are amazing i feel like everywhere you walk in london on every corner there's just this whole you know historical movie set that you walk into and there's probably something that is significant that happened there once upon a time like the invention of penicillin <laughs> or something yeah so on your average day off, do you, what do you do? Do you walk around the city and like buy flowers? What do you do? Yeah, exactly. Buy flowers. You 
you go on a long winding walk. I feel like in, in American cities, you're not as enthused to go walking because all the streets yeah, are very it's very boring. Yeah. Grid form. Do you know? Yeah. Whereas here it's just always winding, winding. in every yes. Yeah. And I guess part of it is because of the so apparently the blitz affected a lot of East London. And because of the bombing, it made all the roads not make sense at all. So East London in particular is very sort of adventurous to walk around because of this huh, because same. because they had to quickly build roads in any which way direction just to get them up around these bomb sites and so it kind of anywhere you walk it's this winding zigzag path and there's always hmm. you know like a, a random park or there's just some crazy you know like 1600s 1700s house that someone's living in 1800s mm-hmm. maybe but yeah i don't know on my day off i, I like to I don't like, I don't explore London enough, or at least I haven't yet. I need, like, I haven't done any of the tourist things yet. I feel like the area I live in is enough of a tourist area, even though it wouldn't be to other people. It's just everywhere you walk is very picturesque, you know? So are, since everyone there is a COVID denier, are stores open? Like, have you done any shopping or? I, yeah, the lockdown's lifted now. We can go into like bars and whatnot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so all the shops are open and I mean, that's nice. I haven't done a whole lot of it because it's only been like a week and a half, but yeah, it's cool. Um, Given how, given like the cost of living there from your experience, do you feel like you're fairly compensated in your job? (laughs) Financially compensated? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, we cannot include this. (laughs) Is that too personal? Sorry. (laughs) It wouldn't be if I didn't live in, if it was Toronto. But I feel like here it's so, if you talk about money, it's so like stigmatized. Really? Huh. So maybe that kind of goes into like the class consciousness that we were talking about. Okay, well, shall we take a break? Let's take a break. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to go into our segment we call... You can sit with us. That's right. So Mike just wrote that down. He read it off the page. Didn't want to make any mistakes. You're, you are a working <laughs> professional after all. Okay. So what, with respect to living in London, can sit with us, Mike? Let me think about how to phrase this. You can sit with us. <laughs> Am I that drunk? Oh it just God. means something you like. It's not overly complicated. <laughs> What's yeah. your favorite part uh, about living in London? Wait, one one sec. Um, <laughs> are you getting a signal from an alternate universe right now? Yeah, exactly. You kind of look like you are. In my you can't sit with us is the UK's government's systems for dealing with any kind of government bureaucracy, forms, applications, phoning them, whatever. They've got it sorted here. If okay. you have to pay if they have if you have to pay your council tax, you go into a website and you type in your address and you put in your information mm-hmm. and you're good. If you have to sign up for your local doctor's office, it's so streamlined. There's what? some sort of online login and they already know who the fuck you are because you live at a certain address or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The UK the UK's government's like just they, government. they have data linkages there, which is something yeah, that like famously in Canada, notoriously we're terrible for. Yeah, exactly. 
and the government website just works if you need to figure out so i need to figure out if i could do because i'm working on working for my friends my friends like side project and i need to figure out if i could get paid by him into my canadian account mm-hmm. or if i should get paid into my uk account and i just called up this like tax person and they told me exactly what i needed to oh do right away and it was and everything i have to do with their you know the ordinary things you do as a citizen are mm. super easy in the uk okay it's, it's crazy. And apparently to finish this off, if you need to get your parents' birth, birth certificate in Canada, your full length one, it's a nightmare. Yeah. But if you need to get anybody, anybody you want's birth certificate in the UK, you just search up their name and you give them a few, you know, details and you can yeah. get it much more easily. What? Wait, that doesn't seem very safe. So the, you're like, I want to find Julia's birth certificate. It's like, what's yeah, Julia's it, favorite it, color? What's her first it doesn't pet's sound, name? And they're like, yeah, there it exactly. Is. Exactly. But it doesn't sound as safe, but I think it's because they don't use it as a security measure like they do in Canada. Do you know? I mean, but if you have somebody's birth certificate, then you have the ability to manipulate their entire existence. Like you can commit so much, yeah, so much fraud because you can take yeah, out, you can have know. a sin, you can get a passport, all of that through a birth certificate. So... But can you do the same in the UK with that? I don't know, but a birth certificate is your first piece of identification. It is your olive branch, as it were, into the world of ID. So I would imagine. It's not a good thing, but. No, but I think that is. If everything like speaks to each other, like that is good. It's a good thing for me because I'm, I think I'll try to apply for like ancestry visa, which is if you can prove that one of your parents was born here or your grandparents, then you can get like a five-year visa or whatever. Really? Huh. And somebody in your family was born there? Well, my grandmother was born in South Africa, but she had a British citizenship after a certain mm. point. So potentially I could, I could okay. use that. Yeah. I did not know you had South African roots in your family. I did not know either. <laughs> <laughs> do I That's look cool. South African? You do kind of actually. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, you've, you've heard of Diane Word, obviously. <laughs> yeah they're very white i love the word where are they these says honestly they give me like they have something cancelable in their past and they're trying to keep a low profile so people don't dig that shit up is that, that's the vibe that's they're your... giving you oh. that's the vibe i'm getting uh, right I... you're probably not wrong they i mean well, even when they were doing things currently? above the surface it seemed to cancel yeah um i mean again they're from south africa i'm sure you know the the racial politics could potentially factor into it, but this is purely mm. a hypothesis. Okay, don't sue. Yeah, me. don't <laughs> sue us. Okay, but I am very curious about like you know. Okay, like the British government seems to be very well oiled. How come that is the case? Is it because Canada is a much bigger country and we have a lot more different branches to coordinate or whatever? And follow up question: How has that not translated into a better COVID response? Can you speak for the entire <laughs> I mean, country? Thank you. I don't know, but don't you think it's so ironic that they have, they were like the leaders in getting the vaccine rollout? True. So what that indicates is like, they're really bad at recognizing there's a problem when there is a problem, but they're really good at the solution. So I feel like that's more of a philosophical like perspective Mm -hmm. than like it is a question of like- But I think that is parallel to what I'm talking about. They're good at solving the problem, but not Mm -hmm. acknowledging the problem. So you stressed me out when you're talking about different bank accounts. Have you done your taxes in Canada and the UK? What's that like? No, you I have to go into detail, but it just sounds so stressful. No, it's so 
officially I'm not a tax resident of Canada anymore. I can't make money in Canada anymore. Gotcha. You know, because I'm not going to pay double taxes. Now I have to pay all taxes in the UK. Oh, another you can sit with us is the palm trees in London. There are far more palm trees than you would have expected here. Oh, yeah. Mm. I saw that in your story the other day. I did not know palm trees were a thing. I guess London's somewhat tropical. You know, they've also got parakeets (laughs) flying around. Well, it's kind of like you can find palm trees in Vancouver, you know. That's a common place thing. So. Okay. Well, no, it's still unique. You don't have to look so sad. That was awkward. That was so awkward. Okay. So when do you think you'll be able to come to Canada next? I really want to come in October for a couple of weeks. I was thinking about maybe going to Winnipeg for a week and then staying in Toronto for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Once the weather gets colder in London. Mm-hmm. Okay. That'd be okay. nice. Okay. And then I'll try, to, I'll try to work from Toronto so that I don't burn through vac- my million vacation days. You have right. a million vacation days. Yeah. people actually take them yeah uh, do you think so will you have to like self-quarantine and stuff by that point do you think because that's like the well, biggest po- like deterrent to travel right now well i probably won't fly if i do have to i guess right you won't fly from the uk to canada how will you get here <laughs> i was gonna i was thinking of going by boat well i mean if you don't have your vaccine by then let me tell you you think it'll be difficult I think so. I mean, I know in particular Winnipeg because that's where my mom lives. And this whole time I've not gone to Winnipeg because even if it, if I went to Calgary, it'd be different. Winnipeg is very strict and coming from Toronto, I always would have to quarantine. And so would she. And it's like a big production. Yeah, I know. Same thing. Yeah. When it, why is Winnipeg so crazy? Mm, I don't know, but I respect it. I think like I don't know. I mean, I don't know why, but it, I feel like it's good because I feel like they have a lot of vulnerable populations there. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I haven't been back to Winnipeg in like two and a half years. I need to go. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you went? Well, come November, it would have been two years. So it's like a year and a half right now. Okay. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> it's a long time. I like, I would normally see my mom like two or three times a year, you know? Two and a half times a year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait, what do you mean and a half? I said two or three times. <laughs> oh. You just chose to hear a half. <laughs> okay, so you, I know you hate RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> so I assume you never uh, watched Drag Race UK. Uh, but since I moved, I started watching it. Drag Race UK or American or normal what? normal drag, drag race. Right. Okay, so now we're referring to UK as abnormal. That's interesting. No, normal. So you said normal drag race. Do you mean American? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, by virtue we of that, calling... you're, <laughs> you're, you're therefore saying the UK drag race is abnormal, which is fine. I think everyone yeah, in this room bit, accepts that, honestly. A bit problematic, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you watched season 13. Almost, I think. I got okay. to like halfway well, did you know there's a major drag event happening in the UK that has like all the season 13 queens, tons of UK season two queens, tons of What's like historic called? drag race. Even our friend Aja, Caroline and my really? friend Aja, she's participating. I don't remember what it's called, but it has like 60 drag race alum. It's like maybe not that much, but it's a fucking insane event. I think it, maybe it would have already happened. I feel like May was the month it happened or. It's not called Touche, is it? I don't know. 
but it was a major event. And I remember thinking like, oh, Mike is so lucky he lives there and he can go to this. Really? It happened here. Well, I don't know if you know, but like all of Drag Race tours, they're all focused in the UK right now because as we know, you guys are COVID deniers. Yeah. Yeah, we're total so COVID, like all of everyone, here. all the major like commercial drag queens, everything is happening in the UK right now. All the tours. Really? So it's called the main event. Okay. Ha-ha. Thank you. And main it's with uh, Alaska, Courtney and Willem. And then Adora, Why Bianca, Courtney and Dorian. Because you don't watch Drag Race. Mike. Yeah, like you the- were. <laughs> no, I, I like drag. You shit I, all I, over I, it on our last podcast. So what am I going to tell? No, I said I don't like watching drag on television, but I like what? watching in real life. True. Mm. That's fair. Uh, and did, Caro, did it already happen? No, I'm trying I can to go look to it. it up right now. July. Yeah, it's happening in July. It's in yeah. Brixton. I want to go to Brixton. Caroline, Caroline. Wait, each seat is a hundred dollars. Oh my god, that's like free for that kind of event. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I paid like two hundred dollars to meet Violet Chachki at a brunch. <laughs> what? <laughs> and it was so not worth it. Yeah. Okay, I'm curious to know if your friends in London are at all interested in the drag scene or like drag race. I think Alec is. I think Alec watches it. Mm-hmm. We need to, I, you know, I'll try and organize a drag night and I'll try to get to the bottom of this. I'll yeah, because people are into it. I was going to ask too, like, it seems like things are kind of open there. Are things like music shows and drag shows and comedy shows happening or what's the deal? Do you know? I mean, if you're uh, going think, to a museum, I would imagine they are. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. I think like things are starting up now, but I think a lot of things are also booked fully, do you know? So you have to get in early. Right. Mm. So it's kind of a bit hard to just, you know, hear about something and then go because it's probably by the time I've heard about it, it's already booked up. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, let's see how much I can go and see. Okay, well, we'll take a break. We'll take a break. And we're back. We're back. Um, and it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> Why do I always say things so weird? Great question. <laughs> I think you're just self-conscious because you've had two beers. Right. Yeah, maybe. Someone said that after the last episode that I was way more closed off and, you know, not myself. During the episode? the episode? Yeah, that I was more filtered than I am in real life. Oh, do you feel like you were? I think I just tried to not. Yeah, maybe I am more edited. Do you know? I mean, you are talking on a podcast. Okay. So are our story not stories going to be dating themed? Or listeners, we're leaving this to Mike and he's giving us a lot of mixed signals, a lot of really confusing <laughs> yeah, but energy. You guys are, yeah, but you guys aren't dating. Oh, you're maybe. Uh. No, I'm, I'm not dating. You're not dating. I am seeing somebody, but so I'm seeing him, but okay, okay. Uh, and Carolyn's not dating, at least as far as I know. Um, (laughs) and if you are, this is a really interesting way to come out to Roger about it. I mean, I could still, you know, talk about something that happened in like the Obama administration, you know, back in the Obama years when I was dating. It is, it is dating related. I was thinking of going on a date with a girl in London. Okay, that's, cute. That's subversive. Okay, tell us more. Is this a girl you have in mind? Yeah, yeah. It was just like, 
some girl I met unhinged. Can I ask a very personal question? And you can tell me to yeah, talk myself. Um, do you identify as bisexual? Yeah. Are you? Do you identify as more gay or more 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 gay because it's so much easier to be gay than it is to be straight. I know being straight is hard. So many games in the straight world that it just is so off-putting. As soon as I like want to change things up, I'm like, oh yeah, right. That's why I'm gay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. And it's like it's, there's all these like subliminal yeah. like rules that you know that are in it in there that are ingrained, and it's like who texts first or mm. you have to you have to pay for the first date. All these things are just completely thrown out the window in the gay world where it's mm-hmm. just like, do you want to have sex tonight? Yeah. <laughs> or I don't want to have sex tonight. It's yeah. I want to meet you first. You know, it's so much more direct. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm. I mean, London, I'm lucky because I guess girls are probably, you know, in bigger cities, people are probably a little bit more fluid. Do you yeah, know? that's and probably so, true. Yeah. Right. But I don't know. Interesting. I mean, I think the whole point of like successful straight dating is finding someone who like also thinks those norms are bullshit. So mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, maybe maybe this girl is also like, oh, I think paying on the first date is like stupid to care about. Yeah, I was also just like, just down to just hang out, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have drinks together. So wait, when you said you were considering going on a date with a girl is it somebody you've already met or, or you're just talking about yeah, in the app you know it's like we were supposed to, we we're supposed to hang out this weekend coming up yeah Let's see if it happens okay what kind of gal are you into or is there a kind is there a type mm, not really a type i don't know yeah my age <laughs> okay that's not really a type okay but would yeah, you be interested in dating an older woman i guess is maybe another way of I don't Mm. I don't think so well I have not talked about this before how do you feel like your taste in men differs from your taste in women if you want to talk about that at all no I'm trying to I'm trying to distill it I've never had to think about it before I feel like I like basic 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 bitches okay (laughs) really (laughs) I've heard other men say that I've literally heard men say my type is a basic bitch on the contrary though she's very artistic and has a very like colorful style if you will okay i mean basic to me is more about a personality you can dress yourself however you want you can have like whatever job but i think basic is like a it's like a state of mind right Hmm. okay define basic then yeah i guess this girl isn't basic Basic to me is just like somebody whose life doesn't really exist against the grain in any sort of way. Like whether that translate into I'm not like that sexually open or, you know, I, I have like judgments about these different types of things or I don't yeah, know any as, people of color or something like you can be all you, like quirky. But as soon as you meet up with that basic person and you hook up and you wake up in the morning or whatever, then you're all of a sudden like, oh, my God. I can't spend the next, yeah. I can't go for coffee with this person. Or I might die. Yeah. Mm. Or I might die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. 
Okay. Going back to, to, to your type, your female type. I mean, it, it sounds like you're looking for someone who's like not super complicated, I guess. Maybe it's like a, a different way. Yeah but, yeah, but I also feel like as mostly a gay man to meet up with a woman, it's more of just like, it's, a, it's, it's more of like a novel tea mm. situation, mm. you know? Yeah. And I'm probably, yeah. as soon as I'm going to meet her, I'm going to be like, what am I doing? <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Don't you guys, I mean, yeah. Don't you guys feel like that? You've had situations like that where you're like, oh, I want to try this, this spice. <laughs> so not I mean, yes, spices. actually, I really regret not having dated like a jock, you know, mm. like I've always really wanted to to like date someone who was like more of a like a basic guy i've always wondered yeah, what basic it'd be like bro. yes i want to know what it's like to like yeah go to cactus club with or like yeah. you know watch <laughs> See, the game and exactly. i have dated many basic bros and i get that i get that that was like my interest as well it's like what's it like or you know but then you actually hang out with those people and you're like oh it's just it's actually just boring Hmm. you know or like i don't want to talk about your um steroids <laughs> i literally dated yeah. a guy that took steroids he injected them with a needle in his ass and uh we went his to Mexico own together and he was so worried about he was like i can't bring my steroids on this all-inclusive and i was like oh no okay but like that's the thing about like basic bros where like when I think about basic bros, I'm like, oh, you're refreshing because you don't have any of the neuroses or the vices that I typically associate with the men I date. Like you probably won't like be really judgmental or like you won't only want to watch really like smart movies, but you forget that basic bros also have their own vices and neuroses. I just want to date a himbo, you know? Maybe that's like a, himbo. a better way of putting it. Not a like, bimbo, but a himbo. Oh. Yeah. Okay, but I think you can get himbos across any like category. I don't think you have to be basic or chongo. Ah. Okay, so you're sorry, not sorry. You're going out on a date with a female person. Is that is that fair yeah. to say? Yeah, I think sorry, not sorry. I'm, you know, I'm gonna go on a date date with a girl, and yeah, let's see. Hmm, that's cool. My sorry, not sorry, is that I want to date himbo. Like, okay. I'm sorry that I'm kind of basing this preference on like these hypothetical assumptions that I'm making of these people, but I'm also not sorry because I've just never been with someone like that before. Yeah. And I'm curious, but you know what? It'll probably never happen unless Roger had like a terrible accident that affected his cognitive function or something. That was great. <laughs> Hmm. What am I sorry? Not sorry about. I don't know. Lately, I've just been like really wishing. I honestly have just been really wishing I were gay. Hmm. Yeah. Like, like lesbian. Yeah. Really? I just like. I just. I obviously just like women more than I like men, and I feel like I would. I feel like dating a woman would be way more enriching than dating a man. Have you ever been with another woman? <sighs> Not in like a, not in a major way. Right. Okay. I've like, I was thinking about the other day when I was walking my dog, I was like, I wish I could have a female partner. And like, I wish that was my sexual preference. I just feel like 
I just feel like my values align more with like women and I don't know. I, I, I don't really, I, straight men are just like, they're just, it's too complicated. I don't really get it. I okay. But are you attracted to women? See, I mean, that's like a hard thing for me to answer because I feel like I am in the sense that like when I watch porn, I watch it for women. And like, I see women all the time where I'm like, you're very attractive, but I, I don't know. I mean, you never know until you try. Maybe you're actually bi. Because if you mm-hmm. think that life with a female partner will actually be fulfilling and you're also attracted to women, like what's to yeah. stop you from pursuing that? That's true. And if my boyfriend's listening, <laughs> this isn't about you. You're great. I just feel like I need to put that out there. But yeah, I know. Maybe I am. Okay. Maybe I'm bi. Maybe I sorry, not start. sorry. You're maybe bi. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. Maybe bi. Yeah, that's okay. All right. Well, on that note, we will see you next Tuesday. You've been listening to Not Nice. Our show is produced, hosted, and edited by Julia Bennett-Chan and Caroline Lum. Our theme song is by Magnetize Music. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are found. If you feel so inclined, go ahead and give us a rating. And if you're feeling really wild, hey, write a review. You can email us at notnicepod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.